Welcome to the X Factor Roping Podcast. Our goal is to give you the knowledge and tools to get the most out of what you love to do. I'm Pace Freed, the owner of XFactorRoping.com and your host. We want to bring you the best content possible and it would mean so much to us if you would continue to sign up and support XFactorRoping.com. Thank you for listening. Well, Hope, I'd like to start off if you kind of just give me a little bit of a background on yourself. Yeah, well, I'm 32. I came out here to Abilene, I guess it's been eight years, and this year will be eight years that I've been out here. Um, funny and long story of how it all happened, so we don't have to go into that. But no, I grew up um, not in a rodeo horse family at all. Um, we lived in a, like an addition on like four acres and no fences, and my mom comes home one day. My mom, my parents owned a pawn shop when I was growing up, and um, she uh, was listening on the radio about people having horses for sale, and she comes home one day with a trailer, a truck, and four horses, and we have no fences. So Dad got fences put up, and <laughs> we they just started out as pets, and I was just little, and they took and... Well, I watched a play day one day, and I guess I could barely talk, but somehow I made out enough words that they realized, you know, I wanted to do that. And they went and we looked at ponies and horses, and I've been at it ever since. I really started out um, a barrel racer, you know, running barrels and poles all the way really through, through you know, junior rodeos and high school rodeos. And for some reason, I don't know what... Um, I don't, I don't know what influenced me. I always wanted to rope, and they didn't know anything about it and was almost just scared and wouldn't let me. Um, they heard the horror stories of losing your fingers and stuff like that, okay. so they never really knew enough that where they could help me, you know. And so I guess when I was 12 or 13, um, we got around enough people who offered to help, and I got into getting a rope and stuff like that, and... Here I am. Right. Uh, so where did where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in East Texas, a town called Atlanta, okay. Texas, Northeast Texas. And so you're about twelve or thirteen. You kind of started getting into the roping deal. Uh, about what age did you start competing at the a little bit? Uh yeah, fourteen, fifteen. Um, for I would say I guess I started my freshman year of high school. I got to start entering, and. Um, Still ran barrels and pole like I did. I did everything, but roping was my passion. Like that's what I said. I don't know. It was just something I guess um, I loved working at, and I felt I had con control of. You know, okay. and I've just I've always loved it. I got I was fortunate enough they put me, you know, around the right people to get good help. And then um, I would say college is when I really got stepped up you know I got to be around people who roped a whole lot better than me and um, I, I, I started out in Mount Pleasant at a junior college and I transferred to McNeese and um, I lived out there with the, the Connors Jade and Wendy Connor and Jade he ropes calves really good and I lived out there and he helped me I got to ride really good horses I actually bought um, my first really good breakaway horse from from Jade and uh, I just yeah I got to be I got to be around the right people who gave me the the right help and then just went on from there I've, I've just loved it right and so you were starting to really get into it and figure out that that's the lifestyle that you're wanting was the roping just about the time you're going to college was that yeah that so um 
like I said, I lived with them then, um, got, got my own place, um, built an arena and a little barn and stuff. And so to get, to get through college, I helped some kids rope and I rode some outside horses and doing that, I realized, you know, you know, with Larry D also all, all being an influence and knowing that as a woman, she got to make this her lifestyle. Like this is how she, this was her living. Right. And so seeing that gave me, um, you know, hope that a woman could do that, you know, that I could make my living like that if I worked hard enough. And so um, I guess when I really decided that that's what I wanted to do um, was when I was getting to ride the outside horses to get through school and getting to help some kids rope and just watching them. Like, it was really cool even learning myself and getting to help them with what little I knew at the time, watching them, you know, go from not knowing much, maybe not knowing anything and just wanting to get started to, you know, showing up and they're competing against me is right. a really just cool feeling, yeah. Being able to kind of give back and, and, and do that, it's it's pretty cool to not many people have that mindset at a, at a young age, like, <clears throat> that I'm going to figure it out, like how to pay for it and how to make it work through training horses. You see a lot of people, though, if they're trying to get through college, they'll just go get a job or, you know, doing whatever, making any kind of money. And to have that, like, hey, this is what I'm going to do at a, at a young age, that's, that's pretty cool. And did you always kind of breakaway rope, or were you team roping a little bit too at the time? No, I was strictly a breakaway roper. I'd never roped steers until I moved to Abilene. So, okay. like I said, about eight years ago when I came out here and I talked to Larry D about how she got her start and, um, you know, when she decided, you know, she could make a living doing this and, you know, we, we went through the whole talk and for a little while she kind of not talked me out of it, but she was like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Like, this is hard work. Like, we're kind of a, like women living in a man's world kind of a thing. You know, you're like, are you sure this is what you want to do? And there was just nothing else. I, I couldn't see myself. If, if you asked me, if you didn't rope, if you didn't train horses, if you didn't do schools, what would you do? I would I would have no answer. You're not like, gonna be a banker or anything. Uh, no, I have I have no I have no answer, and um, it's just I'm passionate about it. I love it. I I I don't know what else I would do. How old were you when you first met Larry D? Did you know her before you, the kind of first couple times you you got talking to her about moving out here? Um, no, I didn't know her at all. I I knew I knew who she was. She had no idea who I was, and it's kind of a funny story how I met her. Um, my first invite to the Windy Ride um, was my senior year of college, and I had just won the college finals and then left there and came to the Windy Ryan and um, I actually won both rounds and the short round. And she came and congratulated me after because she was like, I didn't, I didn't know who you were. Right. She's like, here's this girl, you know, you come in and you win the first two rounds. And she was second high call and I was high call. And she's like, you know, I'm just going to go out there. She's like, no way you're going right. to catch another one, you know. And she's like, so I just went out there and made a pretty good run. And she's like, here you come and you go ahead and you win the short round too. Not just, I mean, not just go be whatever I had to be for four seconds. She's like, you go and win the short round. And so it was cool that, you know, she came and introduced herself to me and congratulated me and so that's kind of a funny story when we talk to people she's like well this is how I met her 
she right. beat me at the Wendy Ryan or whatever. So um, that's when I officially met her. But like I said, she had been in someone that I looked up to and with what she did and knowing that that's what I wanted to, you know, try to do. So That's pretty cool. Um, so going back to learning how to rope and kind of going through the process, you know, it, it's, it's funny because you hear Larry D's story. She was in the fire from pretty much the time she could start walking really she was roping and doing it and and had been really successful all the way i mean pretty much she i mean i'm sure she's done her fair share of losing but she has won from the junior rodeo level and college and and obviously at the pro levels too so what about you what was your journey kind of like those first couple of years learning how to do you because you're kind of figuring out how to compete and rope at the same time right when you're first going to the, the high school rodeos right well, and you know, um, funny story, it it kind of went like that, and, and where I was and, and what I went to wasn't near, like out here in the competition that she was against, you know, so I, I don't feel that the competition I was against in the junior level was, was near as, as hard as hers, but um, my parents wouldn't let me compete until they were 100% sure, like, good horse, knew what I was doing, like the whole safety thing of it. So um, I, I really I really started out where I did do good, you know. Um, I had my struggles when I decided, and that's what Larry D and I talked about when I came here. I said, I didn't have trouble winning. Right. I, I, um, I, I only knew to go out there and rope as fast as I could and you know, sometimes you miss and you don't win, but like I was going at them all the time. And so I was going to win. Like when you're going at them as fast as you can every time, if it goes on, you're going to win something. Right. So, so that's where I was at. And so when I came out here, I actually had the, uh, I learned way more about roping, how the rope worked, horsemanship, what a good horse was. I learned all of that. And so I, like when I started trying to factor in all of these things that I did know, how to ride my horse correctly. Um, I almost forgot how to win, if that made sense. Um, I would get to the to the rope, and then I, my questions when I came back were like, how did my horse do? Did I ride my horse good? Like those kind of things, and I almost forgot how to win for a little while. So I had to learn how to separate. Like, she's, and, and we had to talk too. She's like, you know, when, when you put your money up, you still have to win something. This is a competition. Like, you want to do schools, you have to win. Like, you know, right. people want the winners coming to help them. So I had to separate the two, and that was the hardest thing for, for me is, I mean, you ride colts and you go track calves and your catching percentage, I mean, it's like roping a dummy. So you go catch, you think, I mean, I caught every calf. You're ready to, ready to go, but then you have to get to the rodeo and you don't rope jerseys, you rope beef calves, and you have to be... Too, too, too flat to win something, and right. I had to learn how to adjust that. So I feel that's where my I don't I don't call it a decline. It's just I learned I learned so much more about everything after being here. That I mean I take it as a win, but I had to learn how to win again. Almost like you had to step back when you you're adding all these things to your rope and just understanding that that. If you want to improve on all these things, there's going to be some struggle adding new things. For and, sure. and there's probably, a, a, especially there, because that's, it's probably a huge culture shock for realistically anyone that would come here because of how much 
knowledge and and is in play here is from the top to the bottom from what your horse is doing to to what you're doing and I'm, I'm sure that that was a yeah. a huge huge thing yeah i wasn't too sure of my decision on wanting to train horses when i <laughs> stopped winning but it's a i mean that's a joke like it makes you think and it is very humbling but when you know now i'm competing on one that i bought as a three-year-old and trained and you know people look at her and tell me how good my horse is and I get to know that I started from scratch and then right. you know how now yeah. here she is so it's a cool feeling that's really really cool um so going back to you won the college finals your senior year mm -hmm. was, was that the only time you won the college finals mm -hmm. and was that your only time I went only time you went to mm -hmm. so that was a huge moment for you right yeah it would be my first big win I think for sure I, I'm, Prestigious I'm always, win. Right. I'm always curious about those because, you know, you talk to some people and it's just like they're in the zone or it kind of flowed together. But that that one's unique because of the go-arounds and the days. It's not just like you get tapped off one single day and you run all your steers or calves and, and have a good day. You have to have things go your way for a couple of days. And then you've got, uh, were you high call over there? I was sixth. Sixth high call. Mm-hmm. So you've kind of got the short round and, and building up to it. What take me through that whole process of the that you know getting there and the atmosphere and what your what your mind kind of does. Well, you know, it goes back to what I was saying. I didn't know much about roping. I knew that I had to go fast. Right. And in, in back then, and um, I mean, yeah, you have the nerves, and you know, you like you have. The, um, I mean, you could possibly be a college national champion. So, you know, it, it was just cool. And when you say the, um, the run or the, you know, everything going together, and it, it goes out a, a few days. But when I got this horse, his name was, his name's 8-Track. I had that run for a long time. Like, it was just him and I fit. And, like, that year, I mean, we won a lot. Right. And so it was just a confidence thing. It's it's it seems like like looking on looking back on it now, it's like I didn't even I re I reacted all those times. Like it I never had I didn't have the negative thoughts. I had the anxiety and the course the nerves, but I mean, I got up that day. I was sixth and coming back. Um I remember watching th this calf go what three times and I thought I'm I'm going to get that calf in the short round. Right. Gonna get that calf in the short round. I go look at the draw. I have that calf. I'm driving up the hill, and um, that song comes on. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like you get this silly feeling that you only hear, you know, about in movies. And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm gonna win this. Right. And um, I can't remember. I think I was two one in the short round. I had the calf that I'd wanted. I was two one in the short round and. And won the college finals, and it was just—I um, don't—I don't know how to explain the feeling. It was a great feeling. It was—it was just. I woke up that morning. I knew I had the chance to do that. And it, like you guys talked about, when you you see a goal or you see a plan work out, and that was just as satisfying as knowing that you're a national champion or whatever. Right. It's almost like being grateful before it even happens. You know, just mm -hmm. the opportunities is. You know, a lot of hard work goes into getting those moments and just to even 
be in the situation is something to to really keep in perspective. It's it's fun to see because you get a chance to to see what you can do in in a big time moment, and right. it's even better when it pays off too. So that horse you said uh, you guys clicked pretty well. Did you did you ride him for quite a while? I did. I got him when he was coming five, and he's still out here right now. He's twenty this year, and I I rode him well up until the the horse that I told you I got as a three-year-old and so she's nine now right um but I didn't start taking her till she was six so I, I rode him I rode him that whole time um I've actually I just broke my leg in last June and um when I got to come back and start riding um I rode him Larry right. D rode my black and stuff and so he's he still gets me through to this day that's pretty cool I I said this I say it all the time. If you if you want to learn how to win, the easiest way is to get on a horse that helps you win all the time. And sometimes they don't have to be. I mean, for me, I had one in my mind that she wasn't really special, but she always like gave me chances, and it really taught me how to win. Uh, do you feel like that? That's something that helped you a bunch with when no, you're first I, starting out. No, I give him all the credit, and that's what I said. We clicked, and um, I talked to Jay just the other day because he's actually. I don't know if he's hurt or if he's old and kind of sore. He's actually going to the vet um, February, but he, um, I said, I just feel like, I don't know if he's lost a step or what. And he, we had the talk and he's like, you know, that horse was a freak for a long time. And he said, it's not that he did a whole lot of things correct, but he was a freak. And so, I mean, I would make any bad calf like if, if I was told, man, this calf is terrible, I almost got excited because I felt like my horse made that calf good or that I had a chance. Right. And I mean, he, I give, I give that horse all the credit. And as far as my breakaway career, he's one horse there at any association I've ever been in and roping, and he's been a great one. So. I think it's really cool, especially because now you get to see as you're training more horses and you look at adding other horses to the program you know what a great one is like and you For know sure. and then even more importantly when you go to competition you know what kind of shots to take that that do win and you can build that that run and I think it's it's really important to understand that and even if you don't get the opportunity to ride a horse like that to to ask people and try to to grasp that is I think it's a really it's a big thing to to learn um, I kind of wanted to jump forward to this. Uh, I know last year you broke your leg, correct? Mm -hmm. And then uh, you came back. Kind of take me through that story. It's like I know you broke your leg, had surgery, right? Mm -hmm. And then coming back from that, you came back pretty early, didn't you? I did. Um, I came back earlier than I thought, and I guess than everyone thought. Um, I started out last year, um, Whitney and I. We won the wildfire and we won the Patriots. We started out really big. And then the next big thing that we could have gone to was as a, in open, not capped, was uh, Reno. So we were entered at Reno and I broke my leg, uh, what? June 6th was when I had surgery and Reno's June 20th. So right. obviously I didn't get to rope with her in Reno. Um, and then Jackie won Reno, mm -hmm. and it paid. So Whitney and I had like twenty six thousand one, um, and Jackie won twenty two, I believe, is what Reno paid. 
and I'm out, you know, they say for probably eight or nine months. And I didn't even know if I was going to be able to rope at the finals. And um, I mean, she got, she got to keep going, you know, so she creeped up. She was within, I think, $1,500, $2,000 of me. And um, I still can't walk. I'm in a cast. And I'm actually at home with my parents, and Larry D calls me, and she's like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to enter. We're just going to have to do it. She's like, it, you know, you, you always want to take advantage of having a lead, right? right. And so then you're set back with a broken leg, and it's like, you know, kind of gets you down in the dumps. And she's like, you got to go. We got to see if you can do it. So I got back. Um, she had had a stirrup built for me so that my boot could fit in it. And uh, there happened to be a Patriot in Dodge City, Kansas. And... Uh, it was funny, um, Jackie and I are friends anyways, and I was and I was talking to her. Well, it was during uh, the Spicer Grip, a breakaway rope, and that they were going to be at. And so um, Jackie couldn't go. So I was like, well, here's my chance. You know, like she couldn't go to that one, and I've, I've got to go, and I've got to make it happen. So I, got, I called some good friends, um, Beverly Robbins, Jesse Rimsburg, and um, Whitney. They were like, yeah, we'll go make the trip so I was going to rope with them all and this Jackie calls me and she doesn't make the short run at the Spicer Grip so she's like pick me up I'm going to Dodge City right you know so it was pretty cool you know so she did I mean she made the trip to Dodge City and um I I ended up I won first and third um I had to borrow Larry D and Trevor's horse too she just mine's pretty quick-footed, short-stride, kind of rough for the leg. Right. And so I got to borrow their horse, and I won first and third. Um, Jackie didn't have any luck up there, but it was just really cool because, I mean, here she is with the opportunity to beat me, and she was also my biggest fan there. Like, checked on me after every run, is your leg okay? Are you sure? You know, you feel okay? And then at the end of it, she came to me, and she's like, I can't even beat you with a broken leg. So, you know, to know someone that, I mean, that's just pretty cool. So that kind of put the, it put me back. It still came down to the finals. Um, but it put me back within, you know, four, four or 5,000 ahead of her. And so then it came down to the finals. But then obviously I knew I was going to be able to compete at the finals. And then Whitney and I won the average at the finals and won the world. So it was a cool deal. And this goes back to... The um, Whitney and I entered four or five ropings last year, and every roping that we entered, we won. Right. And then this goes back to that feeling like thinking, you know, you're just going to win things. So Whitney and I were entered at Vegas last year in the 12, and 600 teams or whatever, we came back fifth high call. And it was one of those things, like Whitney and I talked, and like we're counting our money. I mean, like, we're going It's over. We won this. I mean, we haven't not won a rope in this year. I mean, I mean, we're about to win so much money. I mean, she's going to, she was supposed to have a flight back home the next morning to go back to college. And she, I'm like, you're not going back. Like, we're about to win this thing. I'm missing the short round. Right. So it just, one of those things, too. And I got a cool text from her. And I, I said, um... I didn't know whether to cry, scream, throw a fit, laugh. I mean, I was just 
in complete shock. Like, I, I just go turn the steer, you know? I mean, just go turn the steer. Right. And we win money, and I, had, I missed the steer, and I, I still haven't watched the video. It's just one of those things that I I did the same thing I'd done on the three steers before. It just didn't work that time. Like, it just I just felt like it was one of those things that wasn't, I don't miss that steer. Just wasn't in the wasn't in the books for me. So um, it's a total opposite um, outcome as we talked about with the college finals. It just anything can happen. You're not guaranteed anything in our sport. Well, and it's funny too that you have that that mentality like that. Um, to me, it's there's there's these big moments and to go, uh, you know, probably coming back from the, the broken leg and, and being in the, that short round and, and winning and doing well, that had to have been as probably one of the more rewarding moments in, in your roping career up to that point. Okay. And then going to, uh, were you guys high call at the at the finals also? At the uh, World Series finals? Uh, nope, at the, uh, for the, the women's finals. No, Jackie was. Jackie was. We were second. Wow. So that, you know, coming out on top in that moment is a really, I mean, that's, that's got to feel really, really good, too. No, it was. It, and that's when they asked us my most special win, I would have to say that one for sure. Just overcoming the, the broken leg and being able to stay on top and doing it with her, you know, like she broke her thumb. She got right before Reno, too. She still got to rope. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like together, like I feel like we did that together, and it was just one yeah. of those things that was meant to be. Yeah, that's cool. And then you go back to the missing at the finale, you know. It's one thing to, for me, I've always tried to look at it this way, and, and I get the, the same vibe from you. Is I, if I black out and panic and miss a steer, it doesn't matter if it's the first steer or high team, I will be pretty upset. But if I go take a high percentage shot, and just do what I've been doing, and I miss, I can go home and be completely fine with myself. If I know that I, I did my job, and I took the shot I was supposed to, and I know that it wasn't nerves, it wasn't, I'm, I know that I was true to what I've been doing, I, I can be completely comfortable with winning or losing. Yeah, and for me, they're like, we kind of, I mean, we kind of went at those steers. Like, um, I, I didn't, I didn't swing over them and just go catch them. I feel like we went at three steers and gave ourselves a good callback. And in the short round, like when I did that and I'm done, you will not imagine the amount of people that asked me, why didn't you just go one more swing? And I feel like, that's what I said in the way I look at it, it wasn't meant to be. Like whether I threw there or took three swings over the steer, I wasn't gonna catch that steer. Like it wasn't meant to be for me there. Right. And I feel like I would have been more upset going three swings over the steer because I hadn't done that on the previous three steers. I, I had the same game plan, and I did, I, made, I did the same run. It just didn't work. I would have been so much more upset at myself if I would have changed my game plan, tracked over the steer three swings, and then missed as, as opposed to what I did. Right. Like, I, I can't be mad at myself. Of course, I wish I would have caught the steer. I mean, who doesn't? But... I had the same mentality. I, I, I wasn't nervous, and that's what we talked about. Like, you learn something from every situation. Maybe 
maybe, you know, we thought we had it before we did. You know, like maybe it was one of those things. The previous year, I came back seventh high call and the 13 year open and my healer missed. Maybe I was supposed to know what that felt like, you know? Right. But um, either way, they have it again this year and yeah. hopefully we'll be back and give ourselves another chance at it. Doesn't stop the process. You're still trying to add to it and, and just sure. continue to get better. And you know, like what I said, maybe that makes me better. You know, I mean, I feel like it will for sure. I mean, that, you, that run goes through my head every single night when I lay down. So I'm definitely going to learn something from it and and make myself better from that. So, You know, it, it's hard to look at it this way, and it, it, you're in a really unique position with it because that can probably be one of the more pivotal moments to your roping. I mean, it's something, like you said, think about it a lot. And for that to drive you and have that, that kind of the pain behind the run and what happened, you know, there, that might have the biggest impact on your rope. And it might take a couple, two, three, five years to realize it, but you can, that might be better off in the long run for you if you make it that way realistically sure. than catching that steer. And, and it's so easy to, oh, just relax after that, you know. And, and I'm sure that wouldn't happen because you're right here with LD and she's going to, you guys are going to be working at it. There's always you know, something so. to get better at, for sure. So was it a big culture shock when you first got here with LD and started riding with her? I mean, what was that like? Um, no, not, not a big culture shock. I got to, um, it was just, I came out here, it, her and Jackie, and I and some friends who were out here just really to hang out and rope and have fun. And that's what I said. I got to talk to them about wanting to do this as, a, you know, my career. And so we got into deep conversations and stuff about that. And it just worked out that, you know, I came really to visit and hang out for a couple of days. And I ended up staying. Um, and it's it's what I expected. I mean, she's she's all business. And, like, if you want this, then she's going to make sure that, you get all of it out of it that you can get. You know, it's it's tough and it's hard work and there's no days off, there's no excuses, there's no, I mean, it's like a coach every every single day, but then you go in and you're friends and you, right. you know, you just normal friends, but out here when you're working, it's, it's definitely a job and um, you have a coach on you. 24. So were you were you Seven. nervous uh, about that? Because, I mean, for me, I know when I got to first rope around some some guys that I were that I really looked up to, I I, I sucked. <laughs> I had I struggled so bad, and a lot of it is I was just so uptight about what I wanted to how I wanted to rope. But did you ever go through that when you're when you're first getting around LD and? You know, I she's. She's not a person that she's the realest person that you'll that you'll meet. I mean, she's gonna tell you exactly how it is, how it isn't, black and white. And so you can you don't ever get that nervous, uncomfortable feeling. I mean, if you suck, she's gonna tell you you suck. So there's no reason to be nervous about that. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't cover anything up. So yeah, I mean, I would suck sometimes, and I would learn that I sucked. Um, but that was, I mean. It was comforting too, like it's okay that you do because you have somebody here that's going to make you be better and that's ultimately your goal. I mean, you're here because you want to you wanna get better and 
I, I mean, I was around the best person to get that opportunity, so. Right, that's pretty cool. So what do you got in store for the future? Are you looking to kind of do that same thing as far as, you know, you guys are traveling around doing a lot of schools and, and kind of keep competing? Is that is that what you're building Yeah, um, I, I love doing the schools, meeting new people, and like I said, getting to, you know, do a school in New York, and then you see that person in Texas competing against you. And so, like, I, I love that. But I still have goals for myself. Like, um, I, f I feel like as far as competing, I miss out on a lot of um, things when I'm gone. So I'm not sure. I mean, we've talked about it um, a little bit on maybe me maybe staying home a little more and getting to accomplish my goals and stuff before I, I feel like I'm like what we've talked about I, I know more than I've ever known and like at the age that I'm at like I I want to take advantage of that and I want to come or accomplish some of my goals or a lot of my goals now and then maybe get back to right. the schools and stuff you know later on so that's pretty cool I think um, it's it's interesting too because of how there, there's a lot of different ways you can take your roping at this point. There's a lot of opportunity with your head rope and and, and breakaway too. It's it's such a good place to be in. So really finding that balance is is probably something that's you know really unique to competing, doing schools, heading, uh, and go, you know going to the rodeos, the jackpots, things like that. So what's the uh, What's the the biggest moment that you've been in where you've kind of had nerves and, and been nervous? Have, have you had one of those that really jumps out in your mind? You know, this sounds crazy, but um, when I started doing the schools, um, I think I was more nervous when they wanted us to rope for them. Right. I feel like I had more nerves roping in front of kids that we've taught how to rope, told that you're not supposed to miss, all of these things, and now they're looking at you and you're supposed to do all of those things correctly and catch and be fat. You know, you're supposed to so do that. So I, um, I feel like I had more nerves roping in front of just the kids at the schools than I do in competition. I guess though, I guess that's totally a mindset though. Like, um, because I've I've had to learn how to switch, like we said, from winning and training, and so now my mindset when my money's up and I'm at a competition, like I, I'm in that zone, and so I, we go and react and we 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 try to do the process and like what Larry D talks about. I mean we can only do what we've practiced and so I've obviously at home tried to prepare for that moment and so I want to go want to go do that but um, I used to get so nervous roping at the schools in front of people right was did, <laughs> did you ever have any moments where you be nervous and it really kind of show through and miss some or were you able oh, yeah. to yeah <laughs> oh yeah for sure yeah that I could see that happening pretty well too. That, yeah. That's that's something that's it, it's a hard thing. Don't to even control. know what to say. You're just like, see, we we missed too, <laughs> you know, and we do, and that's what you have to realize. I mean, we miss all the time, like you know, and and they know that, 
I mean, we just just go, and you and Larry D talked about it. It's a process, and it depends on if my focus at that school was just to go catch. I should just go catch, right? Yep. But I mean, I tried, and and if if that's what it is, that's what it is. If it's go show them how to do my left hand, then I need to go show them that. If how to ride my horse out of the box, then I need to show them that. But I was try, I would, I would get so nervous, and all these things that we've taught would all go through my mind. Well, and you can't react when all of that's going through your mind. So yeah, I would mess up a lot. So, as you got better and better about being becoming more process oriented and, and really focusing on what you're trying to do. How do you find that balance between, you know, you talked about earlier, uh, the Spicer grip, being high call, and then winning the short round. Now that you've added more to your roping, how do you handle that moment where maybe you just have to catch one and you've been aggressive or whatever it is with your breakaway roping? How, how do you handle the, the balance between being aggressive and knowing you have to be fast to, to knowing you just need to catch sometimes and you can maybe take a, a half a second longer, whatever it is, to just make sure? Um, you know, for me and, and, and I don't know really if I'm, if I'm very good at it in the breakaway still, um, just yesterday we were at a, a breakaway jackpot and, um, they were walking fresh. I broke the barrier on my first one and then I won. They didn't pay rounds. They did fast times of the whole roping. So on my next two calves, I won two of the fast times. So I got to come back to the short round and I was still sixth. And so my game plan was to go try to do it, win the short round. Like I felt like to win anything in the average, I had to win the short round. Well, I'd take the same throw, kind of low-headed, I roped the calf around the ass. And um, turns out how the roping ended up, I, I could have broke the barrier and won something in the average. So looking back, you think, man, I wish I would have just gone and caught the calf. But... At the same time, in that moment, you didn't know that the short run was going to go that way, you know. And so, I don't know, I just I just look at it as not having any regrets. And I actually helped a little girl at that rope, and, like, she was struggling. Um, she was struggling. I said, what are you struggling with? Are you, are you mad because you missed? Are you mad because you weren't fast enough? Like, like what are you what are you struggling? Well, she, she couldn't really even answer me. And I said, if you're... You have no time on two calves, and you have one calf left. I said, what will boost your confidence? Is it just going to catch the calf? Then go catch the calf. If you run him through the out gate, you better catch the calf because that's your goal. If your goal is I have $350 up in this roping and I haven't won anything, the fast time pays $1,000, I want to win that. Well, then go freaking try to win that. Like, First things first, you have to score first. I said, but then you're not going to take a very high percentage shot. You're going to, you're trying to win something. I said, so if it doesn't work out, don't ride out mad and crying that you missed. Your focus wasn't on catching. I mean, you have to throw in a certain area to win a fast time. So, and that's how I look at it. I mean, if I need to just go catch one, I'm going to make sure I just go catch one. But my mindset yesterday I felt like sixth high back that, and with the broken barrier, it wasn't just I was long on one. With the broken barrier, sixth high back, I'm going to have to go right. for a fast time. And that's what I did. So I wasn't wasn't mad 
that I tried that on, I still feel, I feel I should have still caught that calf. Like I've watched the video and I, I, I feel I could have won the fast time and caught that calf. I made a mistake. So that's what I'd, wor I'd work on today, you know, and that. But like back to your question, I, if, if I just need to go catch one and I know that, I can, I can mentally make myself just go do that. But I'm not going to second guess it when the, when the rodeo's over. Well, and going back to the practice pen, and if you feel like hey, I, I have to take more risk or I need to add this to my roping, and, and like you said earlier with LD when you first got here, is learning how to add these little things. Like, hey, if I need to just go catch one, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just back off the barrier this much, and I'm going to set my shot up like this. And then knowing when you're in the short round and you feel like to win money, your only chance or your best chance is to win the short round. Well, you know, you've got to take a good start and probably a really aggressive start and a, a more aggressive shot. And making sure that you've got the confidence that you've done it in the practice pen and then and, and sticking with that and, and adding those little things to the game, your game is really important. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest things I've learned here um, was practicing with the purpose. And she's, she's really good at that. And me, I just, before, I just went roped. Right. I mean, just ran calves, you know, and no purpose behind it. I had a good practice or I had a bad practice. And now, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think you should ever have a bad practice because it's, it's not about going and catching every calf. Like when we went to the um, Invitational Breakway in Fort Worth last week, I mean, usually the longest time that's made it back, they, I think there's 50-something ropers. It's a one-header, and um, it's set up to be really fast. And 2-2... Two, two, has been the fastest top 10 that's made it back. And so, I mean, we would set it up and practice that throw, catch or miss. Like you had to hit the start and throw on the same swing every time. Right. And so if we came out here and did that, I mean, we run a bunch of calves. There's a bunch of horses, you know. And so if we got that timing and that throw, catch or miss, that's, that's what we were that was our goal. That was what we were working on. And so I was prepared to take that throw when I got there. Building building that run for the, for competition yeah. and, and just building building more runs for, for wherever you're going and, and having all those available. Yep. Right. I know we covered a lot of it. Um, kind of covered your, your journey and, and how you, you're working at it. I thought that, that went pretty good. Um, you want to add anything? I think we're good. Cool. The biggest thing, like, and I know we didn't talk about it, um, is um, attitude. Like, I probably next or second to Larry D had one of the worst attitudes just because, and I think it came down to, for a while, I, that's what I said, losing was a good thing for me because for a while I don't think I really knew how to lose. And um, it was a... It was a good thing for me because, I mean, yeah, I, I hate seeing kids and I even help them at the school and I'll tell them stories and stuff that's happened to me with the attitude. It, it didn't teach me anything and it dang sure didn't help me to get back to winning. So if I had to tell anyone out there like with a bad attitude and, and, and on top of struggling that I would, I would work on the attitude before. I worked on the winning or the catching or anything like that because you you don't you don't went, learn anything from
from having a bad attitude. Well, and uh, your mindset. You know, if you've got a, a poor attitude or a frustrated attitude or whatever it is, your mindset when you go to the practice pen or competition, you're probably not thinking on the right thoughts. And uh, it's really hard to, to rule your emotions or however you want to say it, but to really be in control of what you're feeling and understand and process what you're going through and then how to to make it work for you in a positive manner that's for sure that's something that's hard to do yeah you have to control your emotions for sure and everyone's got them I, I know that I said the best person to watch and you mentioned that was Trevor Brazil I mean I know two different occasions for sure personally that I've watched that I don't even know if I've told him or anyone else I, I walked in the BFI and they were high call and Trevor missed and within three minutes he's walking up in the stands with a smile on his face high-fiving his kids and hugging his wife and right you know and you just like man that, that's cool to see you know I mean that's you miss for a lot of money and who yeah. cares? And then another one was at the finals. Um, when he messed that calf up to probably win the triple crown. And saw him that night and yeah, he's upset and disappointed, but like the, the way he said it was pretty cool. He had his three kids up there and he looked up there and he said, that's my triple crown. So right. stuff like that's pretty cool. So that's the guy you need to watch when it comes to having a good attitude and moving on so being you know being able to 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 see these people like that and that are in those situations and, and learn from them is is really key because it is so hard to lose but at the end of the day it's more about journey and the things that put you in that situation and being able to enjoy it you know if there's some moments and they're going to go your way and sometimes they're not but a lot of times they're not. Yeah, there's a lot of losing. There's a ton of losing and a lot of disappointment in, in what we do. And, and being able to to take the good and then to take the bad and, and to keep moving forward, is it's very difficult to do. But if you can get that, you, I mean, that's as... You, you win, yeah. yeah. It's about as good as it gets. For sure.